0: Hello there, and welcome to the Sarlacc Pub. I'm your host, Brandon Callus and this is a Star Wars podcast. First and foremost, thank you guys for being here. I am so very grateful for all of you. Uh, it is Thanksgiving in three days and uh, we're getting to my favorite time of the year, the holiday seasons. Regardless of what holiday you celebrate or, or, or how you celebrate or your traditions, I just love the time. I love the thankful, the, you know, being thankful for things. I love the love and, 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 and the caring, and just everybody is so nice around this time. And I still have a very strict no Christmas movies or music. Before or or before Thanksgiving but after Thanksgiving it's 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 all on but Let me tell you as I get older it is harder and harder to have to wait I've been wanting to turn on movies and 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 the music So much but I'm waiting Wednesday night when I when I bake my uh, world famous pie I I make one of the meanest apple pies you will ever eat Uh, Wednesday night when I am baking it for Thursday All the festivities, uh, Thanksgiving on Thursday. Um, I do, you know, start my watching my Christmas movies and and all that. And I have why I have yet to watch the Lego Star Wars Holiday Special. I probably will be watching that Wednesday night as I'm baking my pie. Super pumped for that. Um, But yeah, I I just want to say I'm super grateful for every each and every one of you who tune in to listen to me every week ramble about Star Wars because it's my favorite thing in the world. And let me tell you, this episode of The Mandalorian had some great things that happened that I was like, yeah, Star Wars is the coolest, and yeah, they do that the best. But to clear things up first, uh, in my last episode, I talked about how we're going to see Ahsoka this week. I then, after kind of coming off the high, I did kind of think about it and realized we're probably not going to see her this week. If anything, we're going to see her next week. When we see Dave Filoni, who wrote and directed the episode, because if we are going to see Ahsoka, it is definitely going to be him that does it, since she is his character. But Carl Weathers did this episode. I thought he did a phenomenal job. Uh, you could definitely tell that he was a huge that he is a huge Star Wars fan, uh, and he is an older Star Wars fan. So you saw a lot of older Star Wars generation in this, and I love that. I love that this. I mean. Movies nowadays are directed by people who are passionate about what they're making, but you could definitely tell Carl Weathers is a giant fan. Uh, I'll just give away one of the the Easter eggs, because the first Easter egg that I have for this episode was this whole episode was an Easter egg of A New Hope. We'll get into it more, but you could definitely see a lot of New Hope scenes and, and things out of Carl Weathers, and I really thought he did a good job for his debut episode of The Mandalorian. Getting into characters, uh, we get to see Gina Carano, who I love as Cara Dune again. Uh, Carl Weathers, who does play Grief Cargo, we see him again. Uh, we get to see someone we have not seen since episode one, and that is the Mithral. Uh, he is played by Horatio Sands. I, as a character, I, I think he, you know, I think he's funny, and and he 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 kind of is just the that uncle who just kind of sits in the background and makes comments and. And you know, either you like him or you don't like him. I, I happen to like him. I think he's kind of, I think he's kind of funny. Also, a face that we have not seen for a while is Doctor Pershing. He is the, uh, he is the doctor who was working on Baby Yoda and uh, drawing his blood. We'll get more into that and more of who he is later. And then, of course, we get to see Giancarlo Esposito again, who plays Gideon. And we are going, and, and we get to see more into. I mean, we already know that Gideon is the the pro, uh, the antagonist in this show. He is the bad guy. Um, but we really get to see kind of his motives. And people, people call this episode a filler episode, but I really don't think it was at all. I think we pushed the story quite a bit. I think there were some things in this episode that you're like, oh my gosh, the, the, it, we're, we're really getting into story here. And I do not call this episode a filler whatsoever. So going in scene by scene, we uh, open with Mando and uh, his poor Razor Crest is, well, not fixed like he wanted it to. The, the Mon Calamari did a terrible job and it shows him and Baby Yoda try to, you know, fix things. And again, I'm going to make a dad reference for the third episode in a row where, you know, it, trying to get my five-year-old to do something. No, the red wire. No, put the red wire in the blue place. You know, it, it's it's really funny watching that and I did love that. We also saw that uh, he's getting a little more comfortable with his helmet. We saw them eating him and Baby Yoda in the ship together. And he did lift up his helmet. Not a lot, but, you know, that's progress. I don't know if we're going to eventually see him take it off all the way like regular Mandalorians. Because, you know, now we have the Mandalorians and we have different sects of the Mandalorians. And and he was part of the the foundlings and, and they're just part of the sect that doesn't remove their helmet and we'll see if you know he develops into someone who you know just realizes who he is and you know he that the armor is not who he is and he eventually does take it off but I, I thought that was kind of a cool little shot and you had you know our little baby Yoda trying to look up and see his mask oh also I have been playing I've been replaying Star Wars Battlefront 2 the story mode and uh the main character, Aiden Versio, her and her crew, I guess you could say, uh, they fly a ship called the Corvus. I knew I heard that name from last week. Corvus is where Ahsoka is. I knew I heard that name somewhere. And then, like I said, playing it this weekend, I was like, oh, okay, that's where it's from. I don't think that has anything to do with anything. I don't even know if they knew what they were doing, um, if it was kind of a... You know, we're going to call the planet Corvus. It's kind of an homage to the game. I, I don't know if that was even a thing, but I knew I heard that name from somewhere. So he, uh, while they're eating, he needs to get his ship fixed, and he asks Yoda if he wants to go back to Navarro. So that's where, where we are headed, uh, to see some old friends. That leads us to the next scene where they are... Uh, we see some Aquilish who are just looters, I guess, but they're using the old Mandalorian blacksmithing area as their base, and Gina Carano, who is the new marshal of Navarro, she goes in there and kills all of them, and you can really tell that they are trying to clean up Navarro and try to make it a planet. They, you know, Grief Karga mentions that he wants to get rid of the the Empire and all the scum and villainy, going back to, again, A New Hope. Uh, He wants to clean up the planet because he really wants to make it a big kind of trading... You know, good place. Just bring a good name to Navarro. That you know, you can tell that 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 his, that's his planet, and he wants to make it just a good place. And and Cara, being Marshall, is is doing a good job of that, obviously. So when Mando lands, we get to see Grief and Kara for the first time, and obviously, the uh, Grief is really excited to see Baby Yoda. And I mean, who who isn't without who isn't with our little guy? Mando tells him that he wants his Razor Crest fixed all the way, um, and. They they tell him you know we'll, we'll fix your ship but you know we we have a favor to ask of you and of course Mando does because it's his old buddies and he wants to help him out. It's at this moment where we see a one of the mechanics kind of look back and and make a, a kind of a weird noise and at first I kind of just thought you know that yeah it's kind of weird but then you know obviously at the end we see something but I did I did remember making the first time I watched this I do remember making it a point that that was kind of a weird thing. It is really funny to see, uh, as they go inside, And you could tell Navarro has been really cleaned up. You know, it's, it's nice and you know, people are kids and, 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 and parents are running around their shops and everybody's kind of doing their own thing. Then they, as they go inside, then they, we see the Mithril from episode one and they kind of block eyes and they're like, okay, what's each other doing here? And Mando even makes a point to where, well, if he escapes again, I'll be the one to catch him. He is serving a 350 year sentence for uh, crimes that he did. Apparently when he was a, uh, I think the word they used was, was tadpool. So when he was a, a baby mithril, I guess uh, he was the bookkeeper, the bookkeeper for grief Karga. And then he, there was some creative accounting and he kind of jumped and that's why he was a bounty and Mando brought him in. They start talking about what favorite is and there is an imperial base on Navarro that they're trying to get rid of to make, you know, to clean up Navarro even more and really make it a place where they can thrive and be a really good planet for trade. And also they're worried about the imperial, you know, ships and and, and machinery there that black market looters will come and, and basically make Navarro a bad place to live again. And they don't want that. So they want them to go. They want to go clean it up and, and get rid of it. So, obviously, we need to find a babysitter for Baby Yoda, and uh, they put him in the school, which is taught by a protocol droid who looks a lot like C-3PO, but I think it's kind of a female one. We see a kid eating what looks like cookies or macaroons or macarons. Baby Yoda really wants him because, of course, he, he likes to eat, and he uses the force to grab it, and that was a really funny scene. I just... he's a cutie. So, as we are speeding through the deserts of Navarro, I guess you could say, they get to the Imperial... Spot where they want to go, and and the Mithril's like, okay, where do you want me to drop you off? And grief is like, I'll knock a hundred ears off if you drop us off right at the door. And it was kind of that back and forth was was really funny. So he takes them straight up to the door, and obviously the control panel is melted because Navarro is a giant volcano, and there's lava everywhere, and and that's what even because uh, the Mithril doesn't even want to come in, but grief's like, okay, or, or I think Carl's like, okay, we'll just. Come clean your body off up once the uh once the tide of the lava comes in and and burns you so they're trying to they're trying to get into the control room and 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 din goes away and we see a stormtrooper fall and then of course he lets him in because that's that's how mando gets things done it's also really funny this is the second time where grief doesn't really have his uh details really worked out in in the end of season one he says oh you know Gideon just carries four troopers with him, and they get there and like really four troopers and this time grief's like yeah just just a couple you know uh scout troops or whatever and then they get there and they're like oh this is a full-on operation grief's like yeah I guess I was wrong again they work their way into the reactor because their job is to go and, and and set the reactor or turn off the reactor and let it blow up in 10 minutes and and get the heck out of there and the Imperial will move on. That's the plan, but of course, you know, it's the world of Star Wars and never nothing ever goes according to plan. They're, as they're kind of going through quarters and finding their way, they see two scientists who immediately see them, and one of the scientists says, destroy it. So one of them just takes out his blaster and just starts shooting, basically, the evidence of what they're doing there. Um, after both of them die, they kind of realize what they walked into and they see tanks full of what looks like to me it kind of just looks like some snoke from from last jedi and you know from the from the prequels or from the the sequel trilogy they look like it's just a bunch of snokes in a in a tank and and they stumble upon it and they're realizing that this is you know what's going on here and then we get the recording of doctor pershing to gideon and it's just a hologram and he basically tells them that you know they don't have enough blood from Baby Yoda because they couldn't extract as much, and all the tests have failed miserably and to stop immediately because nothing's going right, they can't figure it out, and they need to get the test subject back, I'm guessing it's Baby Yoda, or they can't do it because there's, he said it's going to be near impossible for, to find somebody with an M count that high, an M meaning, I'm guessing midichlorian so then they realized that you know they they thought Gideon was was dead but obviously he's not so so Mando goes off to fly and because obviously baby Yoda not safe so he goes off and, and find them and then the uh the chase starts with Kara the Mithril and uh, uh Grief Karga they they get chased by some troopers on bikes and it was that that whole scene of the troopers jumping off bikes and then some of them just crash because they have no idea what they're doing you know typical troopers and the scene of them going into the canyon was was really quite cool. They steal the uh, they steal the Trexler Marauder that they saw earlier in the episode, and it's got a cannon on it. So Kara's driving, and and grief's the one shooting. So once they get the last uh, trooper, they you know they think they're 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 home free, and then the reactor blows up, and the whole thing blows up, and 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 the Tie Fighters start coming after them. So backing up to when they were still in the building, you had the scene of A New Hope where, Obi, where Obi-Wan goes and, and takes down the the reactor so they, they could, you know, shut down the tractor beam so the Millennium Falcon get it out. And that whole scene just looked identical. Now jumping ahead when you had the chase of the TIE Fighters in the trenches, that was total uh, Death Star ask i'd love tie fighters if you if if any of you guys know like i said i've been playing replaying battlefront 2 and there's parts in that game where you get to fly tie fighters tie fighters are my favorite ship in all of star wars tie fighters and x-wings are my two favorite and i just i love i love hearing them i love the sound of them i love seeing them and it really took me back to a new hope flying in there and I, i there was a little bit of that in episode uh 10 on the uh snow planet i was i was going to say hoth but we i I can't remember i don't know if we knew what planet it was but i'm loving seeing that and uh, when they thought their backs were against the wall then we have our han solo in the millennium falcon come and take out the tie fighters but oh wait it wasn't han solo it was din Djarin in the razor crest And the whole dogfight between Razorcrest and the two TIE Fighters is where at the early, earlier, uh, earlier in this episode, I talked about how there was scenes where you're just like, yeah, Star Wars is the best. This dogfight between the Razorcrest and the two TIE Fighters was awesome. So fun to watch. And when he had the last one and he was playing basically chicken with him and going straight at him and doing the, the barrel rolls. Oh my gosh, that, that got my blood pumping. That was awesome. Phenomenal. I'm running out of adjectives because it was so cool. And you just know, yep, yep, Star Wars is the coolest thing on the planet. So after everything is saved and Grief asks, you know, can I buy you, I buy you a drink? But we know that Din is on a mission and he tells him, no, I'll see, you. I'll see you later. Take a rain check. I'll see you. I have other missions to do. Go find Ahsoka. So he flies off. And, and then, then we have the shot of the Mithril. And grief kind of in their office building and we have our republic x-wing trooper uh carson teva or teva and he's asking okay a lot of uh, imperial stuff is going on here what what's going on because in in the republicans in, in the republic's eyes the empire's gone they destroyed the death star they shouldn't be existing so when they're starting to see like okay what's going on and why has there been two instances now where the empire or remnants of the empire have been here and and it's all been on navarro what is going on oh and yeah we also knew that the razor crest was here and of course grief protecting his friend was like i have no idea what you're talking about so i think we're going to see a lot more of carson uh, Tiva, or whatever because I think as the republic finds more about the empire I think he's going to be more involved and maybe we'll see him and and also Dave Filoni, our other x-wing pilot in more and more scenes but as he's walking out he sees Kara and he says, you know, if you're you're awesome, do you want to join the republic and she tells him no, that's just, it's not what I do and then they kind of get a little uh little talky about Alderaan because that's where Kara's from and he's he's like, you know, I was in battle during there and who did you lose? Uh, and, and Kara says she she lost everybody. Then it got me thinking, you know, Star Wars always ties in somehow. Someone is always this person, and they're related to this person. I'm not saying that Kara is related to anybody directly, but it would be really nice to find out her backstory and where she came from. Uh, from I mean, we know she's from Alderaan, but where she came from in her family tree, I guess would be the way to put it, you know, is she related to... Bale or Leia or you know a a cousin or or whatever it would be really interesting to get more of Kara's backstory because I feel like Alderaan is something not really talked about a whole lot because you know you you heard the name once in a new hope and they blow it up and but you know that's where that's where Leia's from and Bale's from and you know I don't think it gets the recognition it it deserves or needs and I would love to see more of Alderaan I know I know that in the Clone Wars you saw a lot of it because Bail was a you know a big part of Clone Wars, but yeah, I I would just like to see more of Kara's backstory. He also leaves her with a Republic badge, which I thought was it was really cool. And then of course going back to the classic shot of the opening of New Hope after the after the story scroll, um, we get to see the Imperial Star Destroyer, but in this. Same shot, only this time it is the Arquitance class command cruiser where Gideon is in and we see the mechanic in a hologram say, "Okay, I did what you I did what needs to be done. I put the tracker on the Razor Crest." Of course, when I first watched this I knew something was shady and then obviously something was very shady. So now the problem is they're tracking the Razor Crest and where's the Razor Crest headed? well, it's headed to Corvus to find Ahsoka. And I would imagine that there's a lot of people who want to find Ahsoka to get rid of her. So the officer goes and finds Gideon and tells him, "Okay, we're, we're tracking Razorcrest and, and he's obviously pretty happy. And then he kind of walks down the hallway and it's filled with black troopers, dark troopers, shadow troopers, whatever you want to call them. We've seen dark troopers before. Um, we've seen shadow troopers before. They're basically just super crazy awesome droids are they clones do they have force in them you know from from baby yoda's blood do they have midichlorians injected into them we don't know is he going to use them to fight ahsoka when he eventually get there it's going to be pretty awesome seeing ahsoka's white lightsabers up against the red ones you know back going back to clone wars i thought i thought i thought when she was fighting vader just they looked awesome together that's just me nerding out about lightsabers but you know, what what are we what is he what is he building? Is he going back to the midichlorian count and using the blood? What is he is he trying to build an army? Is he trying to build a bunch of snokes? Uh going back to those tanks where they saw on Navarro? Is he trying to make an army of troopers who have the force? We don't know yet, but like I said, this definitely was not a filler episode. We got a lot of information. Do we have more questions than answers? Absolutely. But at the end of the day, we now know Gideon's kind of ultimate plan is to build an army of basically Force-sensitive troopers or droids or whatever he, whatever he, he's building. You know, is he trying to use the Force himself? Is he trying to inject it in himself? Uh, one of the questions was, was, we know he has the dark saber. Is he force sensitive? Because if he's got the dark saber, yeah, I, I know that like Pre Vizsla didn't have, wasn't force sensitive. But it makes you still wonder, you know, these bad guys are they force sensitive? And and it, you kind of got your answer that was no because if they were looking for someone with a high midi count, they would just use Gideon's blood. But obviously they can't. So that you know answers my question there. But really, what is Gideon trying to do? So that's the end of the episode. Now, going on to Easter eggs, like I said, this whole episode was an Easter egg. You had, like I said earlier, you had the Aquitans uh, class commander cruiser flying through space. Classic A New Hope. You had the TIE fighters in the trenches, in the trenches. Classic New Hope. You had the, you know, shutting down the reactor. Classic New Hope. So this whole episode was an Easter egg for episode four. We got to see some Aquilish, who are uh, if you uh, oh uh, again another a New Hope reference. There was in the Mos Eisley bar. We had Obi Wan, and uh, I can't remember the guy's name, but he's like, I don't like you. My friend doesn't like you, and I don't like you either. I always just thought that guy that guy's name was Walrus Man, um, but I can't remember exactly what his name was. But he was an Aquilish. We also got to see Armit again, so I, I threw him in. Also, as they're walking into the school. Or the office building, or whatever, you do get to see IG Eleven statue. So if that's actually his parts made up a statue, or they just made a statue out of some scrap metal, I think that's really cool that they, you know, because he he did save them, he he did save the planet basically. So it's cool that they did a little homage to him. We got to hear our Mithril talk about hibernation sickness uh, because at, uh, after Return of the Jedi, we had Han Solo who couldn't see for a good portion of the movie because he was in carbonite for so long and uh the mithril says that he still can't see out of his left eye also this is probably wasn't really meant to be a easter egg but uh the mithril's land speeder that they took to the imperial station uh looked a lot like luke's in a new hope so thoughts on the uh, the episode i already said before you know there was things and shots and and just things that happened in this in this episode that i'm like yeah star wars is the best they do this the best they do that the best It's the most it's entertaining the dogfight with Razor Crest was probably the best minute or so I would put maybe top five top ten things that happened in this entire series I thought that was awesome, especially with me playing battlefront Recently and flying, you know uh, flying the you know the TIE fires and the X-wings that that's my favorite part of the game just the 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 flying the pilot and, and And shooting other plane or shooting other aircraft. It's just it's really cool. This episode was awesome again People are giving it a little bit of uh, a little bit of crap because they're calling it a filler episode, and people don't like filler episodes, which I don't. I don't understand why you need filler episodes to. I, and I guess I can't say that because I guess in season one, the prisoner was a filler episode, and I kind of knocked that episode. It's one of you know that was my least favorite episode, but I really feel like this pushed the story along, and you really got to see a lot of what's happening and why they wanted Baby Yoda in the first place, and I really thought that they did a really good job and I really thought that Carl Weathers directed this phenomenally and I really hope that we get to see him again in the future because he you know he knows what he's doing he knows Star Wars and clearly that showed. So we always like to end the episode with talking about uh, something that I can read straight from Wikipedia something that stood out in this episode that I want to talk about a little more about and uh, we're going to talk about Strand casts in this episode or clones because Clones are a big deal in Star Wars, and especially with uh, Rise of Skywalker being out for about a year now, and we got to see that there was a bunch of Snoke clones, and Palpatine was basically a clone. So we're going to talk about that. But I'm going to start off without reading from Wikipedia and talk about General Grievous, one of my favorite Star Wars characters. I'm pretty sure somewhere, don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure somewhere I read or watched a video or whatever that... They took Cyphhodius's blood, and Cyphodius was the was the Jedi who who told the people of Camino to make the clones. So they they, they they took blood out of him and put it into Grievous and then because Grievous at one point was a living being. That's why he had a heart and why Obi Wan was able to shoot it and set it on fire. So at one point he was a real being, and then they just made him into uh, a, a droid. I don't think he ever, I don't think the putting the Sifoideus' blood into Grievous actually worked. But yeah, I, I thought that was, I, again, don't quote me. I don't think that's canon. I think that's just kind of an offset. If it, if it is canon, great. If not, you know, share it with your friends or whatever. And, and, but again, don't quote me on that. So now reading directly from Wikipedia, a strand cast, alternatively spelled strand cast, was a bioengineered organism during the New Republic era. An imperial base on the planet Navarro contained a secret laboratory of strandcasts created by Dr. Pershing. So, this episode. The strandcasts were the result of Pershing's failed efforts to infuse test subjects with blood samplings containing a high midichlorian count. The scientists required the original donor, a mysterious alien foundling known as the Child, in order to continue the experiment. The Sith Eternal, a cult that served the reborn Sith Lord Sidious, engineered various strandcasts on the distant world of Exegol, including Supreme Leader Snoke and Rey's father. Whereas Snoke was genetic strandcast who possessed a powerful connection to the Force, the father of Rey, who was an ordinary human despite being cloned from Sidious' template, his daughter was nonetheless Force-sensitive through her birth as a scion of the Palpatine bloodline. Strandcasts were grown in gene farms in 9 ABY. The Mandalorian bounty hunter Din Jarn became the caretaker of the child, a mysterious alien foundling who was strong with the force. Jarn believed that the child would possibly be a strandcast. Quill, an Oddnot, who worked on the gene farms, thought that the child looked evolved and too ugly to be a genetic construct. While raiding at an old Imperial base, on Navarro, they turned out to be a secret Strandcast lab. Jaren uncovered a transmission from Dr. Pershing to Moff Gideon. Pershing reported that there were running out of the child's blood samples and it would be difficult to find another source with high midichlorian count. And if we remember, going back to clear back to uh, A Phantom Menace is the first time we hear about midichlorians. So that's just a little bit about Strandcast that I thought was interesting. And that, that kind of really... Stood out, especially because clones are such a big part of Star Wars. I I just wanted to talk about that a little more. But anyway, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I really look forward to next episode because I think next episode we are going to see Ahsoka. But anyway, have a safe safe holiday. Have a happy Thanksgiving, and I will see you next week. See ya. (laughs)